Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. So glad you're here with us today. I am your host, Amy Johnson. I'm the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined every week by my fabulous co-host, our founder and our editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media, the one, the only, Rick Stevens. How are you today? I am excited for a return to play. No, you're not. <laughs> okay. I'm calling that bluff you know? a mile away. How did I'm you know? I'm calling that bluff a mile away. You're sort hmm. of excited. Well, I, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm excited for a return to play for the 2020-21 season. That's yes, what yes, I, yes, 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 yes. That's yes. what I'm excited for. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, we're going to get to that. We are going to get to that. We do have, um, as, as everyone I'm sure has heard by now, Gary Bentman made his big announcement today. We're going to break all that down for you in the first segment, segment after we talk just briefly slight little bit of contract news uh, with, with a new contract that was signed by the Laval Rocket uh, late last week. So we're, we're going to give you the scoop on that. And then we're going to dive into uh, what Gary Bettman told us today, what it means for the Habs, what it means for the Flyers, what it means for hockey fans, what it means for the league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and give you uh, our thoughts on it. As you can tell, we're jumping up and down with excitement. Uh, And then in the second segment, we're going to go around the AHL. We've got some more uh, end-of-season award winners to share with you uh, as those keep rolling out now that the AHL season has uh, come to an end. And then finally, in our third segment, going beyond the AHL, we've got some uh, news regarding a, a former Montreal Canadiens prospect, We've got an award coming out of the OHL to tell you about. Uh, We're finally, it's here, folks. We've made you wait for practically the entire month of May for our next next segment of Top 5, and it is finally here today. We are breaking down, well, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to come in the third segment. I'm going to tell you what our top five breakdown is going to be. It's going to be a good one. And, of course, we're going to leave you with a feel-good finale or two today. So plenty to talk about. I think we're going to need that feel-good finale at some point here. It's going to be a good show. More. What? Oh, yes. Oh, well, then, you. yes. Yeah. So maybe maybe we have three. You've got one right. to talk about. It's mm-hmm. kind of an update. Any, uh, you know, it's the last Tuesday. It's the last episode in May, believe it or not. Um, I, I keep thinking it's Monday because it was Memorial Day weekend here this weekend. Um, and, but it's not Monday. It's Tuesday. It really is. And next week is June already. I don't know where that came from, but it's June already. Um but I do know that my barbecue was working this weekend. My husband and I nice. enjoyed it immensely. Immensely. Burgers, steaks, you know. You know, it's it. uh, National Brisket Day on Thursday, do you? Don't tell my husband that. <laughs> you have to get the barbecue out again, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and today, today, you should be having blueberry cheesecake because it's National Blueberry Cheesecake Day. 
just specifically blueberry cheesecake. National. Well, you can have cherry as well. Oh, okay, I'll take cherry cheesecake. A, a New York cherry style pie. cherry cheesecake. It is not cherry pie day. Don't you even, <laughs> don't you try to sneak that in there. It is not cherry pie day. It's not. Not so blueberry cheesecake day, and if you don't get in on that, then tomorrow uh, you have an opportunity to get in on the National Grape Popsicle Day. Oh, take me back to my childhood. I love grape popsicles. They're fantastic. Oh, they're refreshing. It's hot as Hades here today. At rate, are is anyone listening? Like, like my household where it's, it's like a badge of honor how long we can wait to turn on the air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, we're not going to do it yet. We're not, not turning on in. the air conditioning. No. But today has me wavering. Going to hold strong when it's hot today. Can you get to June? Huh? going to try. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe with the help of some grape popsicles. Grape popsicles, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, enjoy whatever you choose. Grape popsicles, brisket, blueberry cheesecake this week. Those all sound pretty good to me. I think those are going to help put on the pandemic pounds. What are they calling it? The pandemic 15? I I Uh, took off the pandemic 15. Oh, stop it. What do you, how? <laughs> I don't know. Not enough mac Please. and cheese, I guess. Well, that's just not acceptable. Not acceptable. Whatever you're going to eat, and obviously you should be eating more of it. But let's get started with some hockey news. So we did promise, first off, first and foremost, we do have a little bit of contract news. Um, The Laval Rocket, and this is a familiar name, not only for Laval Rocket fans, but if you were a fan of the St. John's Ice Caps, you know this name as well. The Laval Rocket, uh, I was happy to see this one, agreed to terms on a one-year one-way contract, AHL contract, with forward Yannick Veja. Uh, you'll remember that he had a stint with the Canadians organization back uh, a few years ago, started as a St. John's ice cap. Um, and then after his tenure with, with the organization, he, he was in the ECHL for a little bit, AHL a little bit uh, in, in Rochester. He was, he was there for, for a while. Um, and, but this past season uh, he did get a PTO with Laval and to his credit, uh, he put his money where his mouth was and, and said, you give me the ice time and I'll put up, uh, I'll produce for you. And he did that. Um, Rick, you know, he, he 12 goals, eight assists in just 26 games with Laval this year. Um, so really, uh, really pleased to see Yannick Veo come back. I think he's a, he's a good leader and, and he's a, a, a solid addition to uh, the Laval lineup. Yeah, good for um, uh, good for Yannick Vio. He's the, the kind of player, hard worker. He's the kind of uh, lunch bucket kind of player that uh, Joe Bouchard likes. Um, and a bit of scoring prowess in 
uh, junior hockey, 34 goals, one season with Moncton Wildcats, um, but hasn't really been able to do that in uh, the AHL. Um, skating is an issue, and, and the hands r- really aren't there. But uh, when given uh, top-line minutes and, and uh, power play minutes um, uh, this season with, uh, with the Laval Rocket, or at least for, for part of the season, played 26 games, he was able to help out on the offensive side, and, and he's always been known for his physical play, uh, both his uh, checking and forechecking especially, and, and uh, his willingness to drop the gloves. So, um, yeah, one of those kind of, of veteran guys you, you might want, want around. Maybe you don't want him at the top of your lineup um, every game, but um, he's nice to have up, up there and, and uh, be able to move up and down the lineup. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see that there's, you, you mentioned that he's a, a physical force and, and doesn't mind finishing his checks and so forth. And if, if you're, if you clicked on the link to listen to this podcast from our website or on Twitter, you'll notice that today's photograph featured photograph for, for this post uh, illustrates that point pretty well. It's a, it's a great shot of, of that we captured of Yannick Vea getting physical with one of his opponents. So yes, it'll be, it'll be great to have him back in the lineup again. So congratulations to him. Um, and we'll see him back on the ice when the AHL season starts anew. We don't know when that is because the AHL season has come to a close and they're, you know, we, we won't, we don't know yet what's happening next season. We also know that, um, we finally can say that uh, the NHL regular season is officially over in case you were wondering if that was still a thing. Uh, Gary Bettman did in fact tell us today that for all intents and purposes, the 2019-2020 regular NHL season is completed and the plan to move forward now for return to play uh, is a path forward to the playoff scenario. Uh, Rick, there was a lot to unpack from, from his announcement today. Um, I find it hard to believe that Gary Bettman does not have the ability to put his phone in focus to do a national television hit. But sure enough, we had a blurry <laughs> Gary Bettman. I was Bettman focused did. on the red chair in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was. It was. Um, I think Gare needs to work on the equipment. Um, So, and and maybe, maybe, maybe for such an important announcement, I know it's cute and all, but, but maybe um, you just might not have the dog barking or the three year old (laughs) grandson running around, or that's kind of an important thing, don't you think? A little bit. A little bit, bit. but you know, what are you going to do? So sure. Gary Bettman, you know, it's, it's the worst kept secret in hockey. All the things that have been going on with the NHL and the NHLPA's discussions about the return and the return to play committee player committee. It's worst kept secret in the league. I mean, the, the, every time a phone call between any of these guys ends, all of all of social media already knows what happened. Um, So it hasn't been too much of a surprise, but he did kind of solidify a couple of things. Uh, Again, regular season is completed. Um, 
There will be a move into phase two, of course, which will be that voluntary small squad um, practice at teams' home facilities, uh, probably starting sometime in June. Uh, Phase three will be training camp. Um, He doesn't predict that happening any earlier than July 1st, so sometime probably within the first half of the month of July. And then they can't really set a date for phase four, which is the beginning of, of, of the actual return to play. So you have to think if they're on target, if, if, and remember all of this is a big, if this is just the plan that they have agreed upon to move forward, but they can't even begin to do any of that until so many other logistical things come into place, medical uh, initiatives, state, local, national, government regulations, travel, uh, testing. Uh, There's just so much still to consider. So, But let's say for hypothetical purposes, if they were able to get that phase three training camp started by early to mid-July, training camp's going to have to run probably two or three weeks, so you're not looking at a return to play until at the earliest, if at all, August. Um, Rick, there was before we even get to the draft lottery, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole different can of worms to, unop- to open up, which we'll get to in a second. But just in terms of this return to play, uh, you know, there'll be about 50 personnel per team allowed uh, at each site. There'll be two hub cities, one for the East, one for the West. That's yet to be determined where those are going to be. Again, that's going to be relegated by, by, COVID outbreaks and, and safety and things of that nature. But what, in broad terms, was your reaction to what they've laid out for this return to play at this 2014 um, return to action? Well, it's essentially what is, has been leaked out over the past four or five days. Um, and that is that there's eight teams, the top four in each conference, that will go straight to the playoffs. They get a, um, a buy, it's being called. Uh, the bottom seven are are out. They're eliminated, and uh, they will go straight to the draft lottery. And then there's that big group in the middle, uh, the remaining 16 teams that will play a qualifying round. And it was um, uh, described um, officially as as not a part of the playoffs. That there will be 16 teams uh, in the end that that um, that go to the playoffs, but but the qualifying round is ahead of round one. So um, that qualifying round will, um, uh, will be a best of uh, five. Um, Gary Bettman said that they have not yet decided uh, on the, the seedings, the format, the length of any of the other rounds, except that uh, the conference finals and the Stanley cup will be a traditional seven game playoff or best of seven playoff. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, um, um, I, he said, uh, that he, he kind of uh, dismissed it right off the hop that he said health and safety are paramount and then just kind of, <laughs> um, swept <laughs> said, it under well. the rug and as if it wasn't, you know, the primary consideration at all, because the rest of it, uh, obviously, uh, is, is about, uh, rebuilding the, the potential lost revenue, the, the uh, league was 189 games short in terms of the regular season, and they surely don't want to lose the revenue from 
the playoff rounds. So the rest of it was, was trying to make sure that that was protected. And um, I guess the, the only other piece that I missed there is, is um, we also heard a little bit more about top four teams in each conference that uh, um, were, were given buys that, that uh, while the qualifying round is going on, they'll be playing games. They'll be playing a, a round robin term, tournament to determine seeding, um, with with some tiebreakers being broken by the the points percentage earned during the the regular season. So, um, as, all of that is kind of what we had heard and what we had assumed. And and red face Gary got through that, and, and unfocused Gary got through that pretty well. It was he got a little. Um, tongue-tied a little bit when he had to go into the next section being the draft lottery Um, and and he said you know it's one thing to have it in your head but it's another thing to put it into words and and the way he presented it it was exactly the opposite of what he said because he had the words those were written for him those were on the teleprompter Um, but he I don't think he completely understood what he was saying at that point (laughs) But probably not, and we're going to try to we're going to try to explain it for you here in in just a second. Um, but just to close out this this scenario for when these teams start to play, for Flyers fans, yes, we all know the Flyers have made the playoffs. They're in the top four on the East. They'll be in that round robin play, trying to uh, you know get good seating uh, and and so on and so forth. For Montreal fans. Um, Rick, I know you made this clarification on Saturday on the Canadians' connection with Joseph Whalen. I feel it's important to make that clarification again here. The Canadians have not yet made the playoffs, so let's not yet. <laughs> not, no, yet. not yet. They have an opportunity to make the playoffs if they can beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, and that is who it was confirmed today. That is who Montreal will face in that first qualifying round. It will be the Canadians, which is the number twelve seed. They are. They are the last team to qualify uh, out of all 24 teams. Um, it'll be Montreal against Pittsburgh, who is in fifth uh, in the East. So could be an interesting matchup there. But um, and, and because we should also clarify that because the top four teams are going to play in a round robin for seeding, um, this was another thing I know you had pointed out, Rick, was that some people were quick to jump on social media and say, Oh, okay. Well, if the Habs beat Pittsburgh, then they'll face the Flyers uh, in the first round, and that's not necessarily the case. We don't not know how this. Yeah, it it could happen, but we don't. There's all of that is yet to be determined. So just kind of wanted right. to to solidify all of those things so that we're all speaking accurately. We like accurately around here. So speaking of accurately, Rick, do you want to accurately break down for us how this? Uh, you're the math. You are the math guy because, and I've determined that it takes probably third-year trigonometry to truly understand how the draft lottery is going to work. At least the way that Gary Bettman laid it out today, um, because uh, apparently we can't wait until after we know what the seating is going to be. So instead, we have to do this. And can you explain what this is? I'm just going to back up one step. Uh, Just to add something, uh, you said that the winner of uh, Pittsburgh, Montreal, 
we don't know who it's going to be. Uh, it, it might be um, Philadelphia, but it's going to depend on that um, that head-to-head round-robin tournament between Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia. The right. other thing, the other thing that it may depend on, and this was something that Gary mentioned that was a bit of um, a surprise, is that that whole grouping, that five, number five to twelve. Once the winners come out of there, they might be reseeded. Um, mm-hmm. He said that that uh, the NHL prefers a straight bracket; it's easier for right. them to market and, and all of yeah. that. But the, <laughs> right. the the players the players have pushed uh, a complete reseeding to to make sure that this is completely fair. And mm-hmm. uh, so he said, uh, "I'm not sure if the if the." Uh, if the players are going to push hard on this, but if they do, we'll go to a reseeding model. So that that's something else that could throw a, a real uh, wrinkle into it as well. Um, as far as the as far as as what's <laughs> going to happen with the with the the draft, it's um, it's it's a, it's complicated. It is, and it's only made complicated because, um, and we've said this before, Gary was bound and determined. Uh, to hold fast to a June draft um, and, and, and placing the, the draft out of, out of place in the, in the uh, NHL's critical dates calendar um, means that, that you can't determine all of the, the standings, the pick order, uh, because, you know, that, that those results won't be known uh, because we still have games to be played. Um, mm-hmm. So the draft lottery is uh, essentially going to be done um, for the top three, um, is what he said. Um, and draw takes place, and uh, all of all of the all of those top three slots are uh, um, taken by non-resuming uh, uh, clubs, but. but uh, the, those seven teams that uh, that are out of the playoffs and won't be playing anymore, uh, then it's over. The draft is over, and those those spots are set. Um, now, if it happens that um, one of those spots is taken more, is taken by a club that's still playing, then we're going to have to go to a phase two, and that that's where it gets. Uh, a little bit complicated and then yeah. it's in phase two where the odds uh, start changing. Um, the odds that is of, of uh, the weighted odds that they're using to, um, to uh, make those, those picks. So they're going to use placeholders um, and, and it's going to all sort itself out once the, the final right. standings are determined once the once the uh, the five twelve group is is either eliminated or or moves on. Did, did, I, did, I didn't. Think, I need a blackboard. I need a whiteboard here and <laughs> some and some markers to explain this. I think. I think it's again. I and and I'm just going to repeat what I feel like I've repeated every day for the last couple of months. Uh, we understand everyone wants hockey back. We understand Gary Bettman wants the league to be relevant right now, but I feel like we are just trying to force a square peg through a round hole. Um, you know, he's just making things more convoluted than they need to be. Um, per, certainly with the draft lottery. I mean, 
you could just wait until after the qualifying rounds are over and the actual playoffs are going to begin. Let's, let's say hypothetically that's in August. You could just wait until then and find out what the seeding's going to be and then just hold the lottery. But because he's so insistent that, nope, got to have it now, uh, it's just really complex. It's convoluted and, and to me just seems a bit silly. Um, and, and quite honestly, I feel that way about the entire announcement. Of course we can't wait for hockey to come back. You know what I'd really love? And of course, I'd love to see the draft, you know, happen as as soon as possible. So, you know, what would be great if you just canceled the season, you would know the seating, you would n- have your draft lottery now, hold the hold a virtual draft at the end of June and then let everybody start training camp in September and just get next season started the proper way. Um if you're if you're even able to from a, a health and safety standpoint at that time, which we don't even know, we don't know what it's going to be like in the fall, um, to to cancel the rest of the regular season, and as you said correctly, Rick, you know he started it by saying health and safety is paramount, and and we're here today to talk about this return to play because the fans are telling us they want it, and silly. I. I almost fell off my sofa listening to that today. I, I thought you're, you've come up with this whole return to play because the fans are telling you that that's what they want. Well, sure. There's good portion of them that are, but there's a good portion of them that are also saying, are people's is people's health really worth all of these hoops that you're jumping through, pulling players away from their families for a couple of months at a time and isolating them. And quite frankly, if you want to be, if you, if you really want to be cheeky about it, if, if half the fan base of the NHL was clamoring to Gary Bettman to burn down Madison square garden, would he formulate a, a, a plan committee to do that? No, <laughs> like don't, don't use, Oh, the fans really want it as an excuse for your money grab to, to recoup that lost revenue and, and not, and, and stop the bleeding and, and not lose any more revenue. It's just, it's disingenuous to me, um, and it's hypocritical to me. And, yes, nobody, nobody would love to see hockey come back in full force than the folks here at Rocket Sports Media, myself included. But I just feel that we're, they're just they're trying to force it too much. I mean, Rick, you were, you were even saying today, you read the full, what is it, 29-page memo that the NHLPA sent out to the teams yesterday about what the guidelines are even for phase two to come back to starting to, to have the small squad practices at the facilities next month. And, and you even mentioned, I mean, it is, it's ridiculous. The, the, the things that they've line itemed and delineated on what they can and can't do once they're in the facility. There's some silly stuff in it. Um, it, it, it is, it is, um, it is really silly. Uh, it, there's, there's even down to the point of, of um, we prefer you not to shower at the facility and please just drop your clothes and go home and shower, um, which is, <laughs> yeah, is great. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't, I, 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 I don't know. Um, the, the draft thing is bothersome and, and 
again, you can see what, uh, how Gary's mind is working and, and wanting to market and wanting to, wanting to grab the attention while sports is, uh, there's very limited offerings um, for mm-hmm. sports. Um, uh, the, the golf, <laughs> the golf between the, the quarterbacks was, was uh, well watched uh, this past week. Uh, it's like the best. It was like the most widely watched golf match in history, or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. When you think about things like the Masters, and to know that this maybe surpassed, that's it's crazy. It's crazy. But um, and 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 you know when you hear Bill Daly or you 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 hear Gary um, interviewed, he goes back to the fact of of how successful the NFL draft was. And I said at the time, the reason the NFL draft was successful is that it followed the um, the rules in place. It was it was easily understood by the uh, the fan base. the 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 only thing different, the only thing uh, that changed, was that they weren't in a central location. They were all in their individual right. uh, war rooms. But um, uh, but otherwise, they didn't have all these convoluted rules. The the draft took place within the critical dates calendar of the NFL where it was supposed to um, mm-hmm. not like the, the, uh, the NHL is going to do. And especially if you're, you're going to be attracting uh, or trying to attract uh, new fans, uh, new sports fans. Um, if you have something that even the, the people who've watched for years aren't going to understand um, and phase one, phase two and, and uh, placeholder draft picks and and all of this um is it going to be successful and we know we know that gary bettman isn't roger goodell and roger goodell didn't even do it that well but but at least no. he had a camera that worked and and he seemed to to understand the technology a little bit and uh the the number of times i've seen gary interviewed from home it's it, he's he's just baffled by the whole the whole operation Right. Yeah. The the league's going to need to send in someone to set, to set that up because it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Well, um, so right now the phase one for that draft lottery is scheduled to take place on June 26th. That's the same time frame that the regular actual draft was supposed to be taking place in Montreal. Um, and then who knows when, when or if the quote unquote phase two lottery draft lottery will need to take place. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all of that shakes out again. And the thing to really remember is yes, it's exciting that hockey has a plan to come back, but just please keep in mind, this is, that is all that this is. This is just a plan and it's why no you know, Bettman couldn't, would not give any solid dates today, wouldn't offer any solid venues today because so much is still in flux. Um, they don't know when exactly phase two can start. They don't know when exactly phase three could start. They don't know exactly which cities are going to end up being the least risk to be hub cities. Um, and they're going to have to have contingencies that if they choose two hub cities, and suddenly, right before players are supposed to report or right after they've already reported, if, if cases suddenly spike in that city, what's the contingency plan? I mean, there's – I feel badly for the people 
behind the scenes that are having to hash all of this out and come up with contingencies for the contingencies for the contingencies, because there's a lot of planning that has to go into place for this. Um, And it just means that it's all still very up in the air. I think even Pierre Lebrun said either today or yesterday, you know, yes, this is just a plan for if and when this plan could actually take place, meaning it's, you know, it's, it's maybe a smaller percentage chance, but there is a chance that unfortunately things are in, in American and North American society don't improve well enough that they can't ever put this plan in place. And then at some point they just have to scrap the whole season. That is still a possibility. It's not the one that Gary Bettman wants. He's going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, But it could still happen. So no guarantees yet. There's just a plan in place. That actually reminds me of one thing also, Rick, that he mentioned of the, you know, he mentioned, I I believe, 10 hub cities that are being considered. Um, None of them north of the border in Canada uh, saying that likely no Canadian team will will host any of these games because of the 14-day mandatory quarantine when you cross in the border into Canada. Um, So that leaves 10 U.S. cities, um, and there were a couple on there that, that let, used. To- let, let me just let me just um, let me just add a piece there. There sure. were there were Canadian cities in those ten. There okay. were three Canadian cities in the ten. Um, they were uh, Toronto, uh, oh, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah no, Edmonton? there were there were, and Edmonton. Yeah, those were the three Canadian cities. But it was afterwards, after his presentation, sure, that okay. Gary, Gary said, um, currently we don't think we can do this in Canada because of that 14-day quarantine that you're talking about, uh, but that they're in discussions with uh, the Canadian federal government uh, to see if there's a way around it. If they have to quarantine players, they, 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 won't, go to, they won't use Canada for a hub site, but... Um, uh, keeping their contingencies, there are three that are under consideration as part of the ten. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, but and and you, there were a couple of cities um, when you and I were talking before we went on um, that that kind of jumped out to you, like really those 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 are under consideration. <laughs> there was one in Pennsylvania and one in the Midwest uh, that were a little surprising to be on the list. Yeah, Chicago is, Illinois is, is um, as anyone who's been following this, um, Illinois is, is still in deep trouble with rising cases and caseloads. And, and uh, so Chicago is kind of curious that it, it's on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing I'll, I'll, I'll just say, and, and this is how it relates to the AHL. Um, you mentioned that he did say a maximum of 50 personnel from each team and that's the number I've been Mm -hmm. using for a couple of weeks now and that's making the assumption that there's going to be an extra seven to ten players added to that black black aces uh, taxi squad from the AHL likely one to two Mm -hmm. goalies two to three defense four to five forwards uh, and then the rest made up of of uh, coaching staff and and uh, management and traveling personnel and and um, you know marketing people and, and who, whoever else they, they need when they travel. Um, but the key for, and as it relates to the, the AHL is that taxi squad. Absolutely. It's all, uh, 
so we've it's fun, we've we've got answers, but I think those answers just created more questions. So we know you have questions. We still have questions. When we get the answers, we will share the answers with you uh, and try to explain it in a way that's perhaps a little more layman's terms and easier to wrap your head around than what Gary presented for us all today on television or online, wherever you happen to watch it. Um, We'll keep you posted. It's possible that we will see, um, you know, this time next week, we will be in the month of June. And so we'll see if phase two actually uh, starts to go into place in that first week of June. And and if any teams um, are green lighted to by, by their localities to go ahead and start that small squad practicing on a voluntary basis. I do like that. Um, it is in that memo that the phase two cannot be made mandatory by any team. They cannot force any players to come to the team's home city for the phase two small squad practice. Um, I think that's a smart move. Um, if I'm a player, I don't know that I want to, if I know I'm going to have to go to a hub city, I don't know if I want to add another another city onto that itinerary. Um, but good to see that consideration uh, being made. Um, so we will have more information on this uh, next week uh, on on our next episode. For now, however, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL, and we're going to give you some award winners uh, that have recently been announced from the AHL season. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And we invite you to follow along with us on Twitter at the AHL Report, the best place to go to find all of the latest news and updates uh, released from around the hockey world throughout the week, and as well as uh, great content from our website, AHLReport.com. We've had in recent weeks, we've had the full audio from uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms end of season Zoom call with Coach Scott Gordon, Alex Lyon, Isaac Ratcliffe, Morgan Frost, Mark Friedman. Uh, you can listen to the full audio from all of those um, uh, interviews as we were on that media call. Same thing for Caden Primo. He did a, a lengthy media call last week, which we participated in. Uh, you can find that on our website, ahlreport.com. You can listen to the entire 30 uh, minute interview. Uh, my colleague Chris G has uh, some always 
relevant content out with his rocket notepads that he puts out, uh, all sorts of uh, interesting things and his takes on, on things that are going on with the Laval rocket. Lots of things for you to check out, so be sure you're following us at the AHL Report. Um, in this segment, we go around the AHL, and really the news that's happening around the AHL right now is that slowly but surely all of the annual award winners are coming out. I know we, we talked, Rick, a little bit about some of them uh, right after the season got canceled. There were, there were ones that had come out uh, right away. Uh, but more recently, uh, the winner, this year's winner of the Fred T. Hunt Memorial Award, uh, which goes to the AHL player who best exemplifies the qualities of sportsmanship, determination, and dedication to hockey, uh, which is voted on by the coaches, the players, and members of the media. Uh, and that honor this year goes to the San Jose Barracudas' John McCarthy. Uh, he's been the, the captain of the Barracuda since 2016. Um, and, uh, Oddly enough, his 11-year pro career um, in December, he had an ischemic stroke due to a previously undetected hole in his heart. Uh, thankfully, very swift medical attention uh, also between the team's medical staff and, and the medical team at Kaiser Permanente San Jose Medical Center. He's made a complete recovery uh, and joined the Barracuda's coaching staff as an assistant at the end of December uh, so that he can uh, continue to be involved with the team. So Rick, it was quite a year for John McCarthy, uh, and I and I believe I believe this award uh, is is duly given to to McCarthy. Yeah, it's it's um, it, very worth worthy recipient, and uh, he's one of of those players who was uh, drafted by the Sharks, uh, stayed in the organization with the Barracuda, um, has played uh, almost 600 games in the uh, AHL, most of those with the Sharks, or with the Barracuda uh, or affiliates. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's the kind of, of uh, veteran presence you need uh, in, in the locker room and, and on the ice as well. And, and um, as you said, has served as, as the captain for the Barracudas for the last uh, four years. So uh, congratulations, a, a, a good choice. Absolutely. Uh, the next award that has been announced is the Louis A.R. Pieri Memorial Award that awards the league's outstanding coach for the 2019-20 season. Rick, I'm going to bet that maybe this one doesn't come as too big of a surprise. Uh, I know you had mentioned, I believe it was on last week's show, that uh, you know the Milwaukee Admirals certainly uh, had an outstanding season and and certainly were poised to to if not win the Calder Cup go very deep uh, in the playoffs and so uh, it is head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals Carl Taylor who wins this year's AHL Outstanding Coach of the Year. It's um, yeah I mean the the Admirals were the class of the league they they were on mm-hmm. top uh, all the way they they had a, a large lead the, the Bruins. Um, um, Providence had a 12 game winning streak to end the season, something like that. And still only uh, ended up within eight points of, of the admirals. That's, that's just how far ahead they were. Um, And Carl Taylor, the, 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 now you may think, 
um, that uh, we're being a bit contradictory because, oh, isn't the, the AHL about development? Yes, it is. So not only were they successful, um, the Admirals that were, and, and Coach Taylor um, in, in leading the league in excellent on the ice in the AHL, but um, Coach supplied, uh, I think it was players um, uh, for, uh, from the Admirals to the Predators uh, during the season. So he was also mm-hmm. doing an excellent job developing the players and, um, and, and just, just the right choice. Um, if I can, <laughs> a bit of a rant here, uh, or, or, okay. or just a brief one, just a brief one. Um, it Go annoys me to see, um, and, and I know there's a bubble in Montreal and there, that's the way it is. And, and people don't look outside of that bubble uh, to, to, uh, to know what's going on. Um, but, but Carl Taylor is a, is a great example of, of, uh, uh, who's done an excellent job this year. Troy Mann in Belleville has done a remarkable job. Um, oh yes, he has. Uh, this year, and and I can I can list a half a dozen other coaches that would have been um, um, a, a worthy winner of of uh, the the AHL's Outstanding Coach Award this year. Joel Bouchard was not one, um, and I saw an article uh, where. Um, uh, broadcaster for the rocket um, uh, went on and on and on. There is only one coach. He, he said, paraphrasing uh, that should be considered uh, for the uh, outstanding coach. And that is Joel Bouchard for a 17th place finish in the AHL by the Laval rocket. Oh, and, come on. Um, listen, um, I, I understand. I understand he's not an analyst, um, a fine play-by-play guy, uh, but 91.9 in some reshuffling shuffled out the analyst, and he's now covering um, the um, uh, the Montreal Canadiens. So um, play-by-play guys are not analysts. Uh, they they have their you know it's a stay in your lane kind of thing. They have their mm-hmm. specialty. They do it well. Um, and so <laughs> be careful where you get your news here. Be careful where you get your um, your news because you look at a hockey team, you look at, at, um, and these are guys that work together in close proximity. You have the trainer who looks after all the equipment needs of the players. He sharpens the skates. He knows everything about how to, to, um, make those, that gear, whether it's changes to the helmet or the gloves, the skates, the way the sticks are, he knows everything about that player's needs. Now you mm-hmm. ask him about the nutritional requirements for uh, that same player. You ask him <laughs> about the weight training and, and the trainer works right beside the strength and conditioning coach, but he doesn't have a clue about, about nutritional supplements or, or uh, what weights or what exercises or what's, what uh, drills should be done. Um, so people have distinct jobs, they have distinct specialities and, uh, and they have expertise in a different, in, in, in narrow kind of areas. And, um, so, uh, we'll just caution you to, to, <laughs> when you hear some of these outrageous things being said that you just, uh, take it with a grain of salt. Absolutely. We certainly understand that. Um, so moving on to our last. Uh, award that uh, has been released. It actually hot off the press just was announced today Um, and that is the Outstanding Goaltender 
for the 2019-20 season for the AHL goes to none other than the Iowa Wilds, Capo Kakinen. Um, and he was named as the goaltender on the first team AHL All-Star team last week, um, made 34 appearances for the Wild this season, uh, helping them to their best regular season record in franchise history. He led the AHL in victories. He was 25-6-3. and three. Led the league in shutouts with seven and ranked fourth in goals against uh, with a 2.07 GAA and fourth in save percentage, posting a 927 save percentage, while all the while placing among the top 10 in minutes played and shots faced. So, whew, I think Kapokakinen earned his uh, just desserts there with being named the outstanding goaltender of the AHL for the 1920 season. There was a couple of different choices there. You could have uh, looked at Dan uh, Vladar uh, with Providence. Igor Shosturkin had an amazing season with Mm -hmm. Hartford and, and the Rangers, Connor Ingram. uh, We talked about that, that um, tandem for Milwaukee with uh, Troy Groznik. Uh, but Capo Kakinen really uh, distinguished himself, and, and you mentioned the statistics, and uh, I think that's a clean sweep for the the ma- major awards for uh, the forwards and goaltender for the Iowa Wild, because you have mm-hmm. uh, Sam S, uh the points leader, Jerry Mayhew, uh, the goals leader, and now uh, Capo Kakinen, also with the Wild, uh, taking the goaltending award. Fantastic. Uh, some pretty... Pretty impressive things uh, come. You know, it's it's funny. There's there's been the long-standing, long-running, um, sometimes pretty true, other times just kind of a you know kind of a feeling that that the East, uh, the East Conference is is the most competitive. But you look at these teams and these award winners, and they're all coming out of the Western Conference. Um, and, and teams in the West are really starting to, to build their programs and really starting to produce some pretty competitive teams, some pretty impressive prospects and their coaching as, as Rick, as you just mentioned in, 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 uh, the, the award before this, their coaching has been phenomenal as well. So, uh, don't, uh, don't sleep on the Western conference. Uh, folks because there's there's a lot of good things coming out of the west and uh, we'll we'll continue to bring you more news about those prospects that you might not hear about all that often because um, you don't get to see them as often in in eastern conference play although that's starting to change over these past couple of seasons a little bit there's been a little more cross conference play throughout the regular season so who knows maybe we'll see more of that uh, in in years ahead with that, we're going to take one last break. On the other side of it, we're going to go beyond the AHL, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, an update regarding a former Canadian's prospect, uh, some news from an award winner out of the OHL, and then we know you've been dying for this top five. What is it going to be? What's it going to be? you got to stick around to find out, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. 
The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my fabulous co-host, Rick Stevens. And again, we invite you to be sure that you're following us on Twitter, at the AHL Report. You don't want to miss a minute of hockey news, particularly during the NHL pause and the AHL end of the season. So we'll be sure to keep you apprised of all the latest news that you can use uh, right there at the AHL Report. Uh, now, Rick, you've got kind of a – well, I, I can't say that this is officially like a where are they now, but you've got an update on a former familiar name for Montreal Canadiens fans. It is. Um, fans will re- remember Martin Revi. Uh, mm. He was a fourth-round 2013 pick who was uh, highly, highly touted uh, that he was – kind of almost in um, Cole Caulfield kind of terms that he was uh, the next answer to uh, the Canadians offense. Um, Similar size, five, eight to, to Caulfield. Revi was uh, from Slovakia. He came over and played um, a couple seasons in the queue with uh, the Gatineau Olympique and uh, um, not, not necessarily a big scoring machine there, but, but uh, it was it was thought that he could uh, uh, be effective in uh, contributing in the Canadians lineup. Um, Mr. Revi was always known as as the kind of player who enjoyed the celebrity of being a hockey player just a little mm-hmm. too much and uh, a little bit of a a, a party fella. And um, uh, then uh, he ran into some. Um, real difficulty and, and uh, came over to uh, a rookie camp and, and in one of the tests uh, they discovered a, a viral infection in his heart and he, he had to take some time off uh, hockey to, uh, to recover except that during his recovery and while he was taking medication he kept posting to his Instagram he was flying here, flying there, party here, party there and and he seemed to be enjoying himself an awful lot. Um, and then after taking a, a, a year off of hockey and uh, to, to recover, uh, that was the 16-17 year, uh, he uh, attended um, um, Montreal Canadiens um, uh, uh, training camp and then started with uh, the first year of the inaugural year of the Laval, of the Laval Rocket. Um, he didn't look good in camp. 
He didn't look good in the five games that he played, and then the Canadians cut ties with him um, and mutually terminated, uh, agreed to a mutual termination of contract. Um, he, he just, um, he didn't have, uh, any interest. He was, he was out of shape. Um, he was, but more so than that, he just didn't have, uh, the work ethic to, to get himself into shape, um, nor to, nor to play at, at the AHL level. Um, and so since then he's, he's kind of bounced around, uh, in Czech and Slovakia leagues. Uh, he's now 25 years of age. And he posted uh, a story on his Instagram page in the last couple of days. And he talked about how this has been just um, a life of hell for him. Um, Mm. So many lies have been told about him. Um, All of these spicy stories to write a a call. I don't (laughs) think anybody really cares. Um, Um. He has enjoyed hockey, but uh, he feels maybe, maybe, maybe it's time to close the chapter so he left really? it up to his, yeah, he, he, he said, you know what, I, I, think, I think maybe I need to retire from hockey because it's too much. But my Instagram followers, I'll leave it up to you. You let me know if you want me to continue playing hockey or not. Oh, come on. So as I said, he's, he's been a flake from the beginning. Um, and this is, uh, you know, obviously an attention grab. And obviously he was yeah. wanting what exactly what happened, uh, which was his 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 loyal um, Instagram followers. Oh no, you can't retire. You must play hockey. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, a, a bit of a soap opera there for uh, Slovakian Martin Revi, uh, which I just thought was an interesting uh, almost end uh, to his story. Yes, well, I'm sure we're all waiting with bated breath to see if his fans tell him that he should retire or not. Um, maybe you, go ahead, go tell, go tell him if you're listening. Go find Martin Rewi on Instagram and let him know what you think. Um, well, going from that story to uh, another award that's been handed out, uh, there's uh, some an interesting name, one we might be familiar with. Uh, in the OHL that received some honors this week. Is that correct? Uh, Ty DeLandria. He was awarded the mm-hmm. uh, Mickey Renault's captain's, captain's trophy. Ty uh, plays for the Flint Firebirds. And uh, this is, this is um, um, a leadership award on and off the ice. Um, it's uh, to pay recognition to a player who has the passion and dedication of the game of hockey and for his community. Um, and so uh, Ty Delandria, who we saw uh, walk up to the stage, uh, the number 13 uh, pick overall in the 2018 draft, uh, mm-hmm. drafted by the Dallas Stars um, uh, in Dallas. And uh, uh, we had a part of our crew uh, was from the Flint Firebirds, and they were very excited. They were very emotional when Ty got uh, um, uh, selected. Um, That's true. And it's, uh, yeah, this is a, this is a great honor. Um, he's from, um, um, well, listed as Toronto, but Point, Point Perry. And, and, uh, um, and so I, I'm, I'm very pleased for him and, and uh, he'll eventually make his way to 
the National Hockey League, a highly touted prospect for the Dallas Stars. Wonderful. Congratulations to him. All right, I guess that brings us to it. Drum roll, please. We actually have time to get to our top five this week. Oh, damn. I didn't prepare for it either. <laughs> You've well, you had keep a month canceling it. You keep canceling it. Well, it hasn't changed. Thing. It hasn't changed. I don't keep canceling. I keep postponing. Uh, yeah. Postponement uh-huh. is different than cancellation. So what is it? What are we? To, what are we? What are we comparing notes on this week? Top five. This it. What? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that that um, during the pandemic, that mm-hmm. um, people have had to find ways. Some people, not us. We've been busy, uh, but some people have had had to find ways of filling their time, and we've heard. Um, lots of people are, are sharing their movie lists or their, their Netflix mm-hmm. lists and, and catching up on those things. But there seems to be a bit of a resurgence uh, during the pandemic to people playing board games. That's true. And so I wouldn't know. I've been, I'd love to have a day off. Any of you who say that you're bored out of your mind in lockdown, um, I mean, I, I will forever be grateful for a paycheck, but my goodness, it's just been busy, <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Uh, so I actually haven't had a chance to play any board games during during the pandemic, but we are here to fully defend our individual top five board game selections. This is near and dear to my heart. I was, I've been a board game junkie since I was a kid. Um, you want to hear the sad Amy story of the day? I, you all know I'm an only child, um, and so a lot. I loved playing board games when I was a kid, and you know, a lot of times when you're playing when you're a kid, parents can't always just stop to play with you. So I didn't have brothers or sisters to play with, so I had to like re, like I would play board games by myself, and I would play against myself. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, so you won and lost. Pretty much. I was guaranteed to win and I was guaranteed to lose, you know, playing shoots and ladders. And I, you know, have the little dice or the spinner and take that turn, take that turn, take that turn, take that turn. And so, you know, I just play board games by myself. It's a sad life, let me tell you. Um, but we are here today to talk about our top five board games. Now, Rick, are we going to have an honorable mention section? Were you a able large, to narrow it? A large... <laughs> Honorable mention section. Well, that's see the same thing for me too. Like, I had to disqualify an entire an entire section of of games. Like, I was like, okay, well, those are all games, board games that I loved as a kid, and I can't even get into those. Um, so I had to leave all of those off, and I still had a handful of honorable mentions that just didn't make it into the top five, but have to be mentioned because I just, there's too many that I love. So where are we starting with the honorable mentions? Yeah. Let's start with the honorable mention. How many honorable mentions do you have? A couple. Okay. A few. Who are your honorable mentions? Well, I just, I'll I'll throw out a bunch of them because uh, they need to be mentioned and I couldn't squeeze them. I couldn't shoehorn them into my top five, even though my top five, each one is kind of multiple. They're kind of categories. Um, So 
<laughs> the honorable mentions are things like Pictionary, uh, the dice games, uh, whether it be Yahtzee or Kismet, whatever your preference was there. Uh, something simple like Checkers or um, even more advanced like Othello, the, um, the black and white uh, discs. Mm-hmm. Um, the similar games, Sorry or Trouble, Trouble with the Pop-O-Matic Bubble. Um, oh, and then the physical game, the, the either Rebound uh, or Mousetrap or Operation or one of those where you have to physically play. I can understand. It seemed like I left Mousetrap and Operation off. Like that, that was stuff that I loved playing as a kid. And I was like, okay, I can't even, I can't even go there. Um, I did have Pictionary on my honorable mention list. Um, I think Pictionary is a, a tremendously fun game. And particularly if you don't have drawing skills, I think it makes it all the more entertaining <laughs> watching people try to draw who can draw. <laughs> um, so Pictionary is on my honorable mention list. Uh, Parcheesi is on my honorable mention list. That was, um, I can remember playing Parcheesi with my mom when I was a kid. Um, and I've just always loved that game. I have a really old Parcheesi set. It's really cool. Um, Cranium, love the Cranium games. Oh yeah. They're kind yeah. of, they're kind of all in their own category. Love, love the Cranium games. They're so, th- those I love because you can just be creative and I love those. Payday is a, silly game it's pretty simple but it's 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 a fun game to play. and risk risk is getting an honorable mention for me because honorable mention. i know bear with me aforementioned story only child there's no way in hell that risk was going to be played by me by myself <laughs> as a kid so risk wasn't something that i played growing up um and i just actually recently it for the first probably in the last five or ten years um i loved it uh and i want to play it more and learn all the strategies so it's going in the honorable mention list only because i haven't played it very much haven't had the um, opportunity to play it very much but i really like it a lot wow okay so uh what's your number five Top five. Here we go. Top five board games. And hey, uh, if you're listening out there, we want to hear yours because I guarantee there's something that we missed um, between the two of us on these lists. So tweet at us at the AHL report. We want to know what your top five board games are or even just your favorite. If if you don't have time to come up with a top five, just tell us what your favorite board game is. Uh, we want to hear about it because if it's not one that I've played, then I'm going to want to play it. So let us know. Uh, but Rick, if, okay. If, if your favorite was Candyland, don't tweet me, okay? Shut so. up. Candyland's fantastic. That was on my kid list. <laughs> really? Candyland, Shoots and Ladders, Strawberry Shortcake, um, oh Mousetrap, uh, The Littles, Operation. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, I can't think right now. But those, yes. You stop it. Candyland was fantastic. So fantastic. So number five, hit us with it. Yeah. And as I've said, my, my five to one here uh, may contain more than one game, but, but the games in, in that, in that uh, um, selection are similar or, or, or take the same kind of skill, I I would say. So at number five, I have mastermind. 
That's oh. the, the pegs, and you hide, and you'd have to guess. And the same kind of game is Battleship, and not the electronic mm-hmm. one, the one where you have the physical pegs and the and the ships. And, right. Um, so either Battleship or Mastermind, they're thinking games, they're strategy games. Um, they're you you try to predict what your your opponent's going to um, going to do, and and um, and the way they think. And so um, I, I like both. Um, when I was growing up, I like both games. Nice. My number five is is actually one of my favorite games to play. Um, you should have seen me try to play this by myself when I was a, a teenager. There was some crafty wheeling and dealing going on, let me tell you. Because when you try to play Monopoly by yourself, <laughs> you, you can really rake yourself over the coals on some rent or tr- or buying some properties from one another. Yeah, it's really not that easy. But I tried. I tried. Monopoly is going in at my number five. It really is one of my favorite games to play. However, have to be in the mood for it because not every day is the day to start an eight-hour Monopoly marathon. It's the only drawback for Monopoly is you need to have a lot of time to invest because it ain't a quick game. Um. But I love Monopoly for a lot of reasons. It's a fun game. Um, and most of the properties and the railroads and the utilities, most of the, the, the spaces on the board. Also, I'm, a, I'm an original Monopoly girl. I, could, I, could care, I couldn't care less about the Simpsons Monopoly and Star Wars Monopoly and, and Harry Game Potter Monopoly and Game of Thrones. Like they're all quaint and neat and great. If if like I love all of those franchises, but Monopoly to me is Monopoly, partly because all of those properties that you see on the original board are all taken from railroads and places near here where I grew up in Eastern Pennsylvania. The railroads, the, the Pennsylvania Railroad, the B and O Railroad, the Reading Railroad. You can nope. I I, no, I you can stop them. right there. You it's not the reading right railroad. Well, you know what? I didn't know that. I had no, we, yeah, we called it a reading railroad the whole time we played, and I didn't know that until we took our first trip to uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, to cover the Reading Royals uh, when they were <laughs> playing the Brampton Beast, and I'm like, Reading, where, where did that come from? And uh, I didn't know the re- that it was the Reading Railroad. I had no idea. So That's yes, right. there is a there is a hockey connection here. There is, and so all of those places, most of the avenues, Ventnor Avenue, the Boardwalk Park Place, that's all Atlantic City, which is only a four hour, three and a half hour drive from here. So the familiarity of it, I loved why I love the original. Um, so it comes in number five for me. All right. Number four, at, what do you got? At number four, uh, again, we have kind of a category here. Um, and there are things you, you have to be physical. You have to do. So there's backgammon where you have to move the discs around the board. There's cribbage where you have to move the pegs around the board or there's Crokinole, which is one of the greatest games ever created, where you get one of these huge uh, handmade boards and you flick the discs past the posts into the, the center divot. And um, yeah, Crokinole, Backgammon, Cribbage, Fab, all of them, each, each could have its own 
uh, place on the uh, on the list, but I've combined them all great games uh, for my number four selection. Wow. Well, I left cribbage off. I left card games off completely. So since cribbage has cards in it, I left it off my list. But you must have been looking at my list because I have backgammon at number four as well. Wow. Which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Not crocodile. Another one. Well, yeah, and crocodile. But backgammon. Um, another one I did play as a kid. Um, I don't think we had. Um, I don't think that we had a backgammon board when I was a kid. So another one that I've just recently started to play, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's very fun. It's more fun than I thought it was going to be. Pretty cool. So we're uh, we're right there. What's your Perfect. number three? Trivia Pursuit. Um, and just Trivia Pursuit. All of the different, there's sports edition, uh, the uh, stage and screen edition, uh, whatever. Trivial Pursuit um, can be a, a, a fun game um, for when you have groups of people or, or um, yeah, and it's, mm. I usually win, so it's, it's a great game. Mm. I'll have to play you then because mm. I usually win when I play. Really? Uh-huh. It's a challenge. I actually forgot about Trivial Pursuit. That would have gone on here somewhere. Uh, my number three, however, is one that you mentioned at number five. It's Battleship. I agree. It's got to be the original, not the computerized. You have to have the little ships. You have to that you physically put in. And I just, I Battleship was always just, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Battleship. It's the, it's a pretty straightforward um, game, but there's just something about it that's, I think, because it's just so unique and different. Um, it's pretty fun to play. So I have Battleship in at number three. Perfect. At number two, I have the game of life. And with the game of life, I have all of those similar kind of games where it's going through life, whether it's buying a car, whether it's, it's setting your career, whatever it is. So there's life, there's careers, there's payday, there's dealer's choice, and then there's solving murders with clue. So, I mean, <laughs> life, life is just, you know, you, 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 you go to college uh, you pick your career, you get married, you add kids, um, the whole bit. It's uh, And you have your I little see. car, you drive around, and the spinner's a, a little bit fun. Um, so all of those games, that whole category, careers, payday, dealer's choice, clue, life, fantastic. Would you stop looking at my list? Because I also have life listed at number two. Wow. Now, this one I played by myself to death. Because you can play life by yourself. You can line up six cars and pretend six people are playing with you, and you can play life all day by yourself. So this was one of my favorite games growing up. I have a beautiful edition of it here in my home, and I love to play it, and I might have to bust it out this weekend now I'm talking about it. Uh, because what is more fun than yet yeah, the spinner? Every, but every time you spin the spinner, you try to, like, break the thing. I mean, you, you try to spin it as hard as you possibly can. You have a little car that you zoom around the board. It's put little blue and pink people in it, which I guess, oh, my God, is probably not PC oh, no. anymore. And don't even get me started. There will always be blue and pink people in the damn car. Um, I don't care. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a silly game, but it's, it's 
fun. It really is. I, it's, you would think that as adults, you'd be like, I've really had enough of the real game of life. I don't need to pay. <laughs> I don't need to pay more taxes. I don't need to, uh, to pay utility bills. I don't need to get into car. None of it. But when you're playing on the game board, it's pretty fun. So that's my number two. And the little bridges and so, mansions that are on the board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got little bridges and little mansions, little houses. It's too cute. I love it. All right. So number one. Number, number one, one is. I'm, you want to go first. Why don't you go I'll first? I'll go first. I'll go first because you've already mentioned this. Um, in your last one, you apparently for you, life is about going to school, choosing a career, getting married, having kids, working through payday, and either killing someone or solving a murder. That's That's part of your life. Exactly. Uh, I took the murder out of my regular life. (laughs) And it's my number one pick. Clue, always been my favorite. Could not play it by myself as a kid because it's kind of hard to guess and then get it wrong and then not know what the answer is. So a little hard to play. Um, But the characters just always seem so so elegant and exotic and, you know, always wanted to be, you know, Miss Scarlet or, you know, Colonel Mustard or it's just, it's a, it's a fun game. The movie, terrible. The movie was God awful. Uh, The board game, tremendous. Love it. So Clue is my number one. Which leaves you with. At number one, I have two games. Uh, one because it's just iconic. Um, okay. It's 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 classic. It's nostalgic. Um, it's Monopoly. Um, it's it's a game that's held up over time. It's it's um, it's very competitive and and um, all the things I agree with all the things said. The not the specialty versions. Um, uh, it's just it's just an iconic board game and. Um, uh, so it it had to be um, in get credit for half of the the number one uh, choice there. What, what, by mm-hmm. the way, what was your favorite um, uh, token? Did you have a favorite token? I did um, the dog because the dog is a schnauzer, and when I was a kid, we had a schnauzer. So mm-hmm. when I played this game when I was a kid was like I was playing with my dog. Um, so the dog has always been my go-to. I don't like, I, I don't trust people who choose the iron. Yeah. The iron, there's a race car, the wheelbarrow, there's a thimble. Um, top hat. I, I like, the thimble, I like yeah. the top hat. Yeah. I like the yeah. top hat. We had a, we, we the only one in our set was a, a milk bottle and my brother and I both always wanted the wooden milk bottle. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't trust Monopoly anybody who is, chooses the thimble or the iron. Those are too weird. Um, okay. The Monopoly shares first place status with the greatest game ever devised, um, and that is Risk. It is. Oh. It, it is a fabulously designed game. It is all about acquiring and, and occupying and defending territories. Um, it's, it's strategic. It's, um, 
uses uh, critical decision making. It's uh, there's risk assessment, hence the name. Um, brilliant game, absolutely brilliantly designed game. Um, takes takes. Yes, you need more than than one person to play, um, mm-hmm. but it's um, yeah, it can take some time to play. But um, a game can, you know, a monopoly. It kind of it's it's going one way, and it's it's only going to go that way. One one right. person just starts to accumulate all the property. Uh, risk can can change um, depending on, especially if you have. Um, um, uh, several players and, and uh, really well designed. Love Risk. Best game. Nice. Well, we want to hear what your top five is uh, or just your favorite game if, if you don't have time to come up with a whole top five list. So tweet us at the AHL report. Let us know which ones you like. I, there's so many games out there that we didn't even get a chance to mention um, that I'm sure there's going to be some differing opinions. So be sure to let us know uh, what those are. Um, of course, the last thing we're going to do is send you off with a few uh, feel-good finales. Uh, Rick, you had one you mentioned. Uh, you wanted to give us an update, actually, on one of your previous feel-good finales uh, with Captain Tom. Yeah, we all remember Captain Tom, Captain Tom Moore in, in the U.K. We talked about him uh, maybe three or four weeks ago. Uh, he raised um, money uh, as he approached his 100th birthday. Um, and, uh, by doing laps around his garden and, um, and, uh, he had done a hundred, he, he, he was heading for 200. I'm not sure if he got there. Um, but he raised the equivalent in U S dollars, I think around $44 million. Um, Amazing. He appeared as, uh, his name appeared as a postmark, uh, for Royal Mail. And, um, most recently he has been. Um, uh, offered a knightship. He's going to be knighted by the queen. Wow. Um, he will be uh, Captain Sir Thomas Moore. And he said he's overawed by the, um, by the uh, honor. And uh, he just hopes that the queen has a uh, touch with her sword because <laughs> his body is a little fragile. Um, after reaching 100 and after doing uh, those uh, almost 200 laps. So uh, fabulous story. Um, And, and of course, he was raising all this money for uh, uh, coronavirus um, assistance. We love that. We love it. And we love Captain Tom. Go good, good for him. And yes, Queen, be gentle with the sword. Be gentle with the sword. Okay, my feel-good finale is uh, tied to Memorial Day. Uh, Of course, because of um, public outing restrictions, social distancing restrictions, lockdown restrictions, uh, Arlington National Cemetery is currently closed except for family members. Um, So the the general public can't go in and visit Arlington National Cemetery right now, unfortunately. Um, But that didn't stop... uh, one young woman who is a family member and, and can access Arlington, uh, she decided to go on Twitter and put out a general inquiry if there were any families or, or friends of loved ones uh, who are buried at Arlington that either weren't allowed to come into the cemetery or just because of traveling and not wanting to fly or social distance couldn't 
um, come to Arlington to pay respect to their loved ones uh, for Memorial Day weekend. And for anyone who responded to her, she spent the entire day at Arlington leaving flowers on the graves of uh, all of those uh, all of those men and women who whose families were not able to be at Arlington due to due to the current uh, restrictions mm-hmm. and so forth. And I thought that was a really lovely. Uh, she's a she's a young young lady, um, and proudly uh, sporting a Washington Nationals. Um, baseball cap and uh, that's a, a really really great thing for her to do so that uh, people's loved ones still got a bit of attention in Arlington National Cemetery on Memorial Day this year well done. we love that mm-hmm. um, that's going to just about wrap up our show for you this week of course as we mentioned um, be sure to we, we were talking about you know your your last episode of Canadians Connection with Joseph Whalen. Don't forget to tune into that. It's the live uh, podcast hosted by Rick and Joe every Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. It is a live show. You can call in. You can text in. You can listen live. Join the conversation. You can also listen to it on demand. Uh, Rick, and there's there's plenty of ways for people to find all of those episodes as well as all of our episodes of From the Press Box. And what would that be? Go to AHLReport.com. Go to AHLReport.com. And there's a player uh, that you can, um, you can choose to listen to uh, any of the episodes uh, from the press box, any of the episodes of Canadians Connection. Um, you can also go to AllHabs.net to get Canadians news. You can go to RocketSportsRadio.com. That's our, our uh, website that uh, is, is uh, focused on podcasts. Or you can certainly go to um, any of of your favorite um, uh, podcast uh, platforms and uh, uh, find your app and and uh, look for Rocket Sports Radio. Search for Rocket Sports Radio, and you'll you'll get uh, our podcasts, all of the podcasts um, on demand. Uh, and we're always happy to hear from from you, whether it's on social media, uh, whether it's uh, we have some emails coming in info at allhabs.net or through our Rocket Sports text line, which is 5853-ROCKET. Fantastic. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, as Rick said, sh- uh, share us with your, your friends and family members who also love hockey. We, we love inviting new listeners into the fold. And we're so thankful that you're here with us each and every week. Uh, you know, there's, as, as you can tell, there's been no shortage of hockey news to talk about, even though hockey itself has not been played on the ice. So be sure to come back again next week for another great episode. Stay safe. Uh, keep your, wear your mask if you have to go out. Uh, if you don't have to go out, don't stay home as much as you can. Protect yourself. Protect your loved ones. And uh, just stay safe out there. And enjoy the beautiful weather. Get outside and get some fresh air. At a socially distanced, safe uh, distance from other people, of course. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you back here again next Tuesday for another episode of From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report. And keep on.